Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of What You Say in English, the podcast in which I listen to you speak English, and I will give you my honest and heartfelt feedback on, on your speaking skills. Uh, lately, if you haven't noticed, I have analyzed uh, people answering questions from the IELTS exam, especially part two of of the speaking exam. You know that in part two, if you don't remember, there's a part in which people, students, candidates have to elaborate on a question for around two minutes. In those two minutes, they have to, you know, fulfill the bullet points and they have to give a full answer, rounded answer, in which they have to, you know, uh, answer fully. Uh, so, My interest in this episode, and this is a question that has been raised in the different areas where I share my podcast. I mean, a lot of people have been asking questions like, what is the criteria? I know that in the beginning of the very beginning of, of this podcast, I explained what criteria I, I was using to give feedback. And I was basing that criteria in the standards of Cambridge University um, assessment. Uh, Cambridge Assessment English, and but I didn't mention anything about the IELTS exam, and I would like to uh, in, in the forthcoming episodes, for example, today I'm going to be talking about one aspect, and then I will talk. I will be talking about the other aspects in um, you know subsequent episodes. And today I have decided to start with fluency and, co and coherence. Um, if you don't know, you can actually download. A sample of the uh, public criteria, you know, the speaking uh, marking criteria that uh, official examiners use. But there's a public version. Of course, the private version that they use is, you know, it, it includes a few things that are, are not available to the public. But uh, in general, you can have a very good idea. The problem is that sometimes understanding the jargon, you know, the, the very specific vocabulary that they use in those descriptors, the band descriptors, is a little tricky. And sometimes candidates, when they have to prepare on their own or when they receive feedback from anyone, for example, me or uh, one of those exams from uh, takeielts.net, which, you know, I offer uh, a discount, sometimes they don't know or they don't understand what those comments, um, you know, uh, mean, what, what, what the meaning is of the uh, everything that the examiner or the person giving feedback is offering. So today I'm going to uh, go through the first set of criteria, which is fluency and coherence. And I know that I've talked about flu fluency before and now establishing what fluency or what it means for IELTS. And it's very important that you know this. So right now I'm going to start, uh, giving a walkthrough and I'm, I'm gonna I'm bringing examples of uh, people or celebrities I'm, I'm, I'm actually using celebrities which I think it's fine because sometimes using international celebrities uh, whose first language is not English is a very good example because they have been able to um, become famous and have jobs and you know present themselves to the uh, big world And even having problems to communicate in English. Um, some people uh, have very high levels, but others uh, still struggle with the English. And, you know, that that is not an impediment. So before I start uh, giving explanations about the first set of criteria, let's take a listen to our sponsor. 
How long have you been preparing for your IELTS exam and still don't know how to improve? Take IELTS.net takes your exam preparation a step further by mixing real-life mock exams with full reports on your performance written by real IELTS examiners. More than 53,000 test takers have benefited from a recognized and trusted mock exam with high reliability and high-quality standards. Save 10% in your next order with what you say in English. Go to takeielts.net and use the code wise. That's W Y S E during checkout. So to start, you need to download a PDF copy of the public version of the marking criteria for the speaking. I of course I will make it available in my podcast uh, description, in my episode description, but you can also google it. You can make a search, you can run a search and find the PDF for yourself. Uh without that, you will not be able to follow my analysis of of those descriptors. Ready? Let's go. So if you take a look at band 9, it says there are four points. The first point is speaks fluently with only rare repetition or self-correction any hesitation is content based rather than to find words or grammar speaks coherently with fully appropriate cohesive features and develops a topic fully and appropriately now a, a speaker at this level can discuss any topic fully i mean to the full extension of the topic as a native speaker uh, an educated native speaker would probably do and of course with an appropriate extension um, not feeling the need to repeat things unnecessarily or you know they would rarely need to pause or you know like show any hesitation um if it's not if it has to be content related and now when 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 we mean content related it means that you're looking for things to say you're not looking for vocabulary if you're looking for vocabulary then you would not be able to get a band 9 a band 9 for this for for uh, fluency and coherence um it has to be if it's not vocabulary if it's not grammar for example you're looking for content band 9 is awarded to an expert user who may or may not be a native speaker of english and this is something interesting because i know that in uh, australia for example if you're planning to um uh, migrate to live in australia uh, regardless where you come from even if you're a native speaker of english you might be required to take the ielts <laughs> guess what it is not only for those people whose first language is not english also people whose first language is english will probably have to take the ielts of course they're playing with a little bit of advantage you know they've been speaking english since infancy since they were children and of course they have they've had a whole life of experience speaking the language so it's understandable i mean it's you know that they're playing with a little bit of advantage but remember that that at this level you need to expand you need to fully uh, embrace a topic and be able to produce language at length and with very little hesitation very little hesitation and very little uh very few pauses uh, when when you describe so for example take a listen to this speaker um she is Penelope Cruz she's a a, a Spanish actress and listen to the way in which she can 
express her ideas, even though they're simple, but you can listen very clearly and 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 in a very fluid manner, in a, in a very coherent manner, she expresses her ideas. This was an interview with uh, in the Ellen Show, uh, the Ellen DeGeneres Show. So take a listen. You were at the Golden Globes the other night. You looked great. I was. There. I I heard your um. You get like a stage fright. Do you get stage fright? Yes, I do. I think if I did it every day, like you, I mean, in front of a huge audience. You get used to it, no? Right. But I do it once in a while. For me, it's different. Being on the set, it's me with my crew in our world. It, this is different. Yeah. Or something like the Golden yeah. Globes. Yeah, and I do get nervous at those things. Yeah. Well, but you know everybody there, so it's not like you're, you, you see... Yeah, but that's the problem. Like, you come out to give an award, and if you look down, like, two meters away is Oprah, <laughs> and, you know, Spielberg, and Meryl Streep... <laughs> And it, it, I get shy, very yeah. shy with this thing. Because you don't live in, you don't see people that often. You don't live here, right? Where do you live? Yeah, I used to live here. I lived here for a few years, mm -hmm. but uh, now I live in Spain most of the time. In Spain. Yes. It's yes. beautiful there. I, I yeah, went recently great. for my first time. It's, it's it, great. And my family, most of them are there, you yeah. know. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really happy there. I love L.A., but just, you know, Whole family. Life family. Here. Yes. <laughs> So as you can see, this this was an incredible uh, conversation, and i i have to I have to say that in the case of Penelope Cruz, uh, I know that uh, what I've heard from her is that she had to learn English before starting to work in Hollywood, and I have to say that her performance her the way she conducted her answer in in the interview was really good i didn't like the way Hel uh, ellen was treating her in, in there are a few things that i'm not very comfortable with her um as a as an interviewer but um in in you know case in point penelope cruz did a great job her fluency was really spot on she managed the answer really nicely and she gave a uh, she extended her answer she gave a full response and she used intonation i mean she used a lot of things of course that i'm not going to comment on here because um I'm, I'm only covering what what you know corresponds to fluency and coherence and everything made sense of course she's got an accent i mean she's got a you know uh the typical accent from you know of someone who comes from spain and which is not bad at all i mean it's not a problem i mean her english is just awesome and i i'm very sure that she would definitely score a nine in um uh, fluency and coherence in an ielts exam So continuing with the fluency and coherence, if you go down to the band six descriptors, you have two uh, bullet points. In the first bullet point, it says that the person, the candidate is willing to speak at length, though may lose coherence at times due to occasional repetition, self-correction or hesitation and uses a range of connective and discourse markers, but not always appropriately. In this case, I'm going to bring an interview with a footballer, uh, Ronaldo, 
And I'm not really sure when the interview took place. It's one of those interviews in the channel sports. And even though he doesn't make a mistake, he doesn't make any mistakes in, in connectors. The range in which the connectors, uh, you know, that, that he uses connectors is not very wide. And of course, um, apart from that, you have to uh, hear, for example, he makes some mistakes that he doesn't use, for example, past tenses when he should have been using past tenses and things like that. But I want you to pay attention to the way he uses connectors because uh, discourse markers, because discourse markers are used to help organize what the speaker is talking about and to signal what they're going to say next or how they feel about the topic of discussion. Um, the, the thing here is that they can be underused, they can be overused, or uh, sometimes used inappropriately. For example, uh, you say something like, unfortunately, I met my wife and then we got married. I was so happy, of course. I mean, you should not say, unfortunately, you, su you should say, fortunately. But it's not the case with um, uh, Ronaldo. So let's take a listen. Cristiano, only one place to start. Was it a penalty? If your referee is decision for a referee, for me it's a penalty. You need to, you need to see in television. I don't understand. Against Cristiano, every time it's polemic. I don't know why. As soon as he touched you, did you know it was a penalty? Did you feel the contact? Of course I feel the contact. This is why I flip. He touched me. I'm not saying you should, but could you have stayed on your feet? Yeah, but if you touch me, I can, I, I, I lose my, my movement and this is why I, I go down, because you kicked me. Having had the penalty awarded, was it then mind games because you took one against Barra in the first game? You know, when some, some team lose, uh, have something to, to say. Uh, I think uh, the win is fair. I think Manchester play well, play better. And uh, you go second round to semi-final. Uh, everyone is happy, I'm happy because I score and I help my team. Had you had good chances before that, do you think? Yeah, you have a good chance. Uh, you play against uh, Watford. You never know. Uh, it's a Cup, uh, it's difficult games, but uh, you have a good team and uh, you have a good chance to, to go to the final. Once again, as you say, it's Cristiano Ronaldo and it's controversy. Once again. So as you can see, um, I, I'm, again, I'm not really sure when this interview took place. And you can hear, for example, that he struggles a little bit with his discourse. The way he tries to connect ideas is very simple. Um, I, I would say that, of course, for the sake of the interview, he could answer the questions. And he basically had no problems. And I, of course we can hear that he understood the questions. It's not that he misunderstood the questions or anything like that. And of course, he didn't make a mistake. He didn't make any mistakes in terms of connectors and um, discourse markers. And I wrote down a couple, uh, well, actually there were four, that he used. He said, of course, I feel the contact when he was describing when, when he felt the, the kick of the other player. Uh, he said, of course, uh, then when he was adding information, he said, yeah, but if you touch me, I lose my movement. Um, he said, yeah, but. Uh, so in this case, for example, he is using a discourse marker to um, contradict 
like accepting, acknowledging what the other person said. This is very formal, by the way. You can use something like, well, when while I see your point, uh, I must say that, you know, that's a, a little more formal. But the yeah, but is a very informal way of contrasting or acknowledging something, but then giving your opinion. Uh, he also used because... Uh, I think a couple of times uh, he actually used the reduced form of because in one on one occasion. He said cause, which is very typical in conversation. He also used the one that I always use. If you've, if, if you've noticed, for example, you know, I, I have this pet word. It's my pet word. And I say it all the time. And it's quite normal, you know. Um, of course, I, I'm working on getting, uh, you know, getting rid of it. But it's difficult after you use it for such a long time. So those are connectors. And he was using them well uh, at his level. At this level, he was using the connectors pretty well. So again, this is the way you connect ideas. Discourse markers is essential to build fluency to build um coherence to build you know that the that the order of ideas that the the listener the person listening to you can follow what you're saying and it's uh it's something that uh, students sometimes have problems with they don't know how to connect ideas efficiently so at this level i i would say that he has in this interview he shows up um kind of b1 b2 level which is approximately the six points that i'm mentioning here in in the ielts criteria <laughs> At band five, there are three bullet points in in this column. Uh, the first one says, usually the, the candidate usually maintains flow of speech, but uses repetition, self-correction, and or slow speech to keep going. May overuse certain connective and discourse markers, produces simply simple speech fluently, but more complex communication causes fluency problems. So in this case, for example, let, let me uh, extend a little bit more about the slow speech or self-correction. Um, you know, when a speaker is struggling to keep going, will often rely on slow uh, speech so that they can think about what to say next. And this is something that everybody in my case for example i would use it sometimes especially when i'm not prepared and i have to give an extempore speech you know extempore means um you know like without preparation um and you know uh, candidates will say something and they will suddenly realize that it is incorrect and will try to self-correct you know that sometimes they do a little bit backtracking and repeating ideas and words and all of these features impact negatively on the listener's ability to follow the speaker's thoughts self-correction is not a bad thing and i've i've i'm I champion the ability that people have to self-correct. And self-correction is always a good idea, uh, in, in my opinion. And especially when, when you start uh, talking about something and then you realize that you're going nowhere and you just go back and 
you try to rephrase. But of course, the type of uh, backtracking, the, the type of self-correction that you make is not different when you're an advanced speaker of English. Um, it's basically you because you're trying to explain something and words do, uh, don't come to your head. And then suddenly you find another word, which is a lot better. So then you it's not so actually self-correction. It's more like readjusting uh, meaning because that's something that we co-construct with the speaker in the case of the IELTS. We negotiate meaning in, in many, many ways. So uh, self-correction is not a bad thing, remember. Self-correction, but too much self-correction will probably lead to repetition. And that's a problem. You know, when you repeat, you, you're not showing the length or the variety of vocabulary that you want to, you probably want to um, use. So let's uh, take a listen to this other clip. My character is um, Jean-Claude Clermont. It's a typical French name. <laughs> Jean-Claude Clermont is a French uh, Jewish art dealer from Marseille and um, and he escaped he escaped escaped with uh, his family in uh, in London in England and uh, he is uh, recruited by uh, American uh, army f uh, because uh, of his uh, knowledge uh, art and is uh, is very important. This war is uh, not really a soldier, but he is very proud to be a monuments man. He said in the movie, uh, um, uh, "Right here is the only way I get into this war," and is uh, is a good guy. He's sometimes he's a joker, and uh, uh, and I hope he's moving. For anyone who didn't know the person speaking. He is Jean Dujardin. Um, sorry for my French. He is a famous French actor. He was the protagonist of the movie The Artist. And he, uh, in this interview, for example, he was talking about his participation in the movie The Monuments Men. And even though he uh, showed good control of grammar and other uh, things and in pronunciation he was very intelligible he did have a lot of hesitation a lot of pauses uh, basically he was doing uh, you can see that this, this is a perfect example of how slow speech can affect the way you communicate ideas and he was making uh, many unnecessary pauses um, of course if he had prepared something or if he was a little more confident about his production English production I mean he would have been able to uh, actually use intonation for example which is something that other speakers have learned how to to use to their advantage and in this case for example he you know tried and he, he did really well I mean he did well but of course you can hear that he had he made a lot of pauses uh, a lot of, there was a lot of hesitation, a lot of uns and un and, and um, you know, trying to think oh, about what to say. Now, just to go over the last point, because I, I don't want to, I don't want to cover all the different band scores. I just wanted to go from the very top to a, a bottom, which I think it's it would be like the lowest score that uh, a candidate would probably get 
in in you know in case that they they took the exam because below than that i mean it doesn't make any sense you know paying all the money to take the ielts exam uh, for, this is number 3 band 3 so if you look at band 3 there are three bullet points uh, the candidate speaks with long pauses has limited ability to link simple sentences, gives only simple responses, and is frequently unable to convey basic message. And of course, here the pauses increase, the repetition increase, uh, the, the, all the repetitions increase, and you know, pauses are different to hesitations. I mean, hesitations is like you're trying to find the word, but pauses is like they can be quite uncomfortable especially for the listener you know they last longer and they're very noticeable they are used to access language and are often an indication of a breakdown in communication sometimes they can effectively or they can you know uh, convey a message but more often than not this situation you know it becomes increasingly difficult for the person who is trying to you know speak english again i'm going to be using another footballer and i know um i use a lot of footballers because uh, you know they come from different countries and and because they're so talented and they they you know they're so good at uh, playing the game that sometimes they're brought without they're brought to english-speaking countries like england or uh, uh the u.s or any other country and without knowing the language and of course the language that you know in which everybody speaks is mostly english uh, of course unless you you go to an italian uh, football club or german or dutch or you know you would probably have to speak the language uh you know the corresponding language of the country but, you know, more more often than not, I mean, it would be like English. And, uh, of course, uh, the, the footballer that I bring is Carlos Tevez. And he is from Argentina. And he was interviewed. And, of course, I mean, you can find a lot of interviews. The poor soul, he tries hard to communicate in English. And, and I have to tell him, if you're listening to this, I don't think you will ever listen to this, uh, Carlos. But you are trying hard. And what I like about you is that you... I try to show confidence when you speak English. You make you make mistakes. I don't know what level you have now. I hope it's it, it, it's it has improved. But um, I love the way you commit to your answers and the way you try to convince the interviewer of what you're saying. So take a listen to this. Manchester play for uh, Moscow and it's very good, very experienced, uh, um, uh, but very difficult the game, no? Uh, Barcelona play very good, uh, Messi, Eto, Henry, uh, very difficult the game. So you can see that he struggled a lot. He repeated a lot of words. He the very he misused, for example, the very he said very experience, um, and he made very uncomfortable pauses, and of course he barely communicated a basic idea and this this is what fluency is about in terms of the IELTS it's very important that you can show a wide variety of discourse markers basically he didn't use any discourse markers at all he didn't connect ideas so basically like single sentences one after the other and trying to convey a very basic message and of course i mean this would be 
a very simple, I mean, a case in which uh, a person, a candidate would probably be at level three. So, you know, this is, just take it as an example. For the context, for the situation, it worked out because he expressed his, what he thought about the game. And that was enough. I guess that was enough for the interview. So again, again, Carlos, you did well, you know, and just my advice to you would be keep on doing it, keep on practicing. Uh, if you, I mean, if you imprint that same level of commitment that you have in football, I'm sure you will be a great speaker of English, no matter the accent, no matter your pronunciation, as long as it's intelligible and that people can follow what whatever you're saying. Uh, look at other examples like uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. You know, he in the beginning, he also struggled. I was I, I actually found an interview with him in when he was just starting out and of course he's his english was you know he barely could he could barely say a word and now for example even though he still makes mis mistakes he can communicate ideas a lot better much much better than than he uh, than he could in the beginning of his uh, football career Well, this is the end of today's episode. Remember that you can follow it through any platform where it's available. Just go to the Anchor website, anchor.fm slash what you say in English and choose your favorite provider. Also, if you want, you can become a supporter. Just click the support button on Anchor and choose the amount you want. That is that simple. Never stop sending your recordings. You know, I love them all. Leave a message and I'd be happy to play it in a future episode. And don't forget that if you wish to have an interview, just send me a line to podcast at languageteaching.es. Also, share this episode with anyone who wishes to improve on their speaking skills. I love you all with all my heart. Until next week, bye-bye. <laughs>